this is Talking Sea, your weekly supply of the dark side, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Roach. Yo, what up? I am me here. Grandmaster Michael. Paps, money, money scoops. That was an amazing uh, video edit. You Did put you like a lot that? of work in. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. I gotta. I gotta add. Uh, so, for all our just uh, audio listeners, we are trying to make the jump to have our uh, podcast. Uh, our show on YouTube. So uh, tonight's uh, one of our first nights. It's actually our second live um, show. I attempted to do this when we first restarted. Um, but uh, yeah, so go and check us out on YouTube, The Talking Sith. And you can see uh, see us in video. You get to see these uh, these handsome face of Mikey Pappas. And then, and then there's me. I... I... You're definitely more handsome and with more hair <laughs> on both on both the facial area and the and the dome. Yeah, yeah. I got the I got the goatee. I wish I could get the fillers in, you know, someday. Yeah, I don't have but, much. It's like just like it's like a, it's not sexy. This like hair for my dog. It's like I I did scrap. one of those. Uh, I did one of those um, uh, filters that you can do on your face. You know. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, to see uh, see what I would look like bald, and I was kind of doing like a weird, like kind of squinty face thing, and I sent it to uh, my buddy Sean, and he was like, "Yeah, we were like, I kind of look like a young Mike Ehrmantraut from uh, Breaking Bad, Jonathan Banks." You probably look like a better Grand Inqu- live action Grand Inquisitor than the Grand Inquisitor does <laughs> with my lo- my longer face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should, I should do. I should role play, or I should uh, cosplay as a Grand Inquisitor. But it's like it's, it's like the actor they got has like my, like my shaped head, which is like super round and fat, and then your head is like the perfect shape. I think right. you have a beautiful shaped head. I'm just saying it's more in line with the character Thank than you. than the guy that they got. Well, if I had a if I had a nice chin, see, I keep this because I don't have a chin. If I had a nice chin, then uh, you know, I might be okay. Yeah. All right. I like the goatee though on you. Don't ever get rid of that. Yeah. So I, I, uh, my wife and when my wife and I dated, she would never let me grow facial hair. And then after we tied the knot, then I immediately started growing out the facial hair. That was and, I, it. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you need to get rid of that for like a year. And then it never year, happened. Well, after a year, I think it was the first year, either the first or second year we were married, uh, November came. And so my buddy was doing like a no shave november kind of thing yeah. so you got a clean shave at the beginning right so i clean shaved right and she was like oh yeah never shave that off again yeah because you get used to it. like i uh I, sh- I just trimmed it a little bit because i'm uh i have a business trip and like you know you just want to freshen up the skin a little bit you know right. so i trimmed it and i hate it like i i hate this stage that i'm at right now you know 
Yeah, yeah. The in between is the hard, is the hard thing here. Let's see. So, so yeah, so our sponsor uh, is uh, Dollar Shave Club. So thank you, Dollar Shave Club, for uh, being our first sponsor with one listener. Uh, I, I don't know if, if Heather's listening yet. I sent her the link. Hopefully oh, nice. she is. Man, we can have her jump on here. Good luck. <laughs> she she likes she likes communicating to the community through me. She's right. Like, yeah. She'll give me questions and like give me knowledge. And so Star Wars news this week. Well, last week we left off and we were just starting, <laughs> Excuse to, get me. From, uh, just starting to get into the spoilers. Um, and then we had the uh, full moon fallout where. Yeah, that was nuts. I, I've been doing this for like five years and I, I that's never happened where every household went in absolutely insane and there was people yelling and screaming for mommy for mommy and daddy it was it was creepy let's see here I'm trying to figure out how i can still see you guys while i'm navigating on here it's not working out very well all right so we're on uh, makingstarwars.net um and so, yeah, the uh, we, we started talking about spoilers. So how caught up are you on spoilers, Mikey? I know we just started talking about them. Dude, I was on Jason's show today, and, like, they're talking about partisans, and they're, they're, they're like, dropping weird names. And I had no – I'm, like, two weeks behind because work's been crazy, so I haven't been keeping up. I had no right. idea. what So out of the loop. Yeah. So if you want to take us back a week, that'd be good. Okay. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So, what the hell is a partisan? Why do we need partisans? What? What? What's a okay? So the man, a lot of the stories that are breaking right now for it. Hold on, guys. Bear with me. I'm trying to figure out how to uh, see. Hide this. Trying to figure out how to navigate this. Not very intuitive. Well, you had it up. You, uh, yeah, I had the wrong. I had the wrong window up there. Let's technical see. difficulties. Window Chrome. All right, here we go. There, can you see that now? Yeah. All right, so we can go back a little while. Um, trying to think. Okay, so we've got. I'll just kind of go through some of these. Um, Starting back with Will Qui Gon Jinn appear in the Star Wars Kenobi show. Yes, and, next. Yes, for sure he will be a. Uh, so spoilers. I mean that's in I the. Uh, it's in the um, description. So um, will Qui Gon Jinn appear? Yes. What happens on Nur in Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi? What the? What's the planet's name? Nur. So do you I mean, remember? They, they... They took a lot of time in the, in the round table to come up with that name, huh? Well, I'm wondering where that actually originated, right? Because um, do you remember you played Fallen Order? Yeah, I didn't. Fi- you know, I didn't finish it. It's the big gamer that I claim to be. Such, really? such a gamer snob. And, like, I need to get back to it. I, I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, like, the, the world design, the level designs and, like, so, Fallen Order is similar. We were talking about Souls games earlier and, like, Elden Ring. Fallen Order takes that formula where it's like, you know, you die, you're kind of brought back. But I think there's more checkpoints and save points. Okay. Anyway, okay. I digress. 
Yeah. Oh, hi, Heather. We got Heather Goldilocks is in the uh, the chat with us. Oh, nice. Um, awesome. Yeah. So Nur is a moon of Mustafar, um, and it's where the the Inquisitor's lair is. Their castle is on Nur. Oh, so he um, keeps like the bitch boys like like in the barracks. Like, yeah, like you're up in the moon. You stay over there. Yeah. So. If you remember in the Star Wars comics, like at first they had uh, their headquarters like on Coruscant and they were getting some uh, basically some like bad PR uh, reports with all the Inquisitors and everything that was going on there. So I think they kind of exiled them to Nur and there. So that uh, Nur is like a water planet. Um, so those of you that have played all of Fallen Order, you'll remember that there's like a I think it's called Fortress Inquisitorius or something like that. That's on Nur. And so we know that uh, that's that's the shot that you see in the trailer of like the boardroom table with all of the Inquisitors sitting there. Right. And and that's also the little thing you see sticking up out of the water when the uh, the scythe, the uh, Inquisitor's ship there, uh, Reva's ship is flying, flying up to that building. That's the top so, of Fortress Inquisitorius there. So the Fortress Inquisitorius is on is subterranean. It's sub aqua. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's only a little bit of it, like uh, up top, but most of it is all underwater. And there's is that all... like Camino Tech or like Mon Calamari Tech, or it's just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of makes you wonder, right? Like, uh, might be more closer to like Mon Calamari because Camino wasn't really like um, underwater; it was just kind of built above the water, right? It's kind of like the Jetsons, but on a water planet, right? But yes, yeah, some so... of it. No, the tunnel. There was like if the, in Bad Batch, you can watch some of the tunnels. There were underwater, right. some of them, but it was like half and half. Oh yeah, because they have like those tubes, right? Yeah, like they the have bank. the tubes to to transfer in between towers, and then obviously the foundation of the structures being built need to be underwater. So I'm sure like half of the facility is probably still underwater. Right. Yeah. So uh, we have confirmation that they are going to Nur. It is Nur. Um, we know, and like you said, like, oh, they spent a lot of time on that. I, but, like, that was already there from the uh, the Fallen Order. And what's interesting, mm -hmm. though, is this is all actually new. Um, because if still, if you go to Wikipedia or Wikipedia, it lists Mustafar in canon as having no moons. But it's being mm -hmm. toted as a moon of Mustafar. So maybe it's just another planet in the mustafar system yeah i mean it's a small planet like near the system similar to planets in our solar system that have just recently in the past 15 or 20 years been given as a moon name for instead of just like a giant asteroid orbiting another planet they gave it a moon name because we realized what it is like the moons right. of saturn you know yeah so we've got um we've got young leia being taken there Let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Yeah. So, uh, of course, from the sounds of things, if I have my story details in correct order, the planet Nur comes to prominence in the series. In the fourth episode, Leia is captured and held in the headquarters of the Inquisitorius. Uh, Reva interrogates young Leia. However, even at a young age, Leia is defiant and not a rat when faced with angry Inquisition. So this is where they take Princess Leia. Hey, Bill Beck's with us. How's it going, Bill? So, 
it, it makes me think, is, is this just the main MacGuffin? Like, is Leia the main MacGuffin of the whole thing? Because I don't I know think... how I feel about that, honestly. Like, that, like, so Bale just goes to Tatooine to get him to help him with Leia? Like, Yeah, I, I think Leia is the main MacGuffin of the entire thing, is the way it's shaping up. Um, but, I mean, it makes sense. Like, what was everybody complaining about? Uh, why... Why would Obi-Wan Kenobi ever leave his charge on Tatooine? Why would he why would he leave Luke there? Um like the only thing that could lure him off planet, like the only thing that would be you know equal with Luke and protecting Luke would be Leia. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. I just feel like it's such a it's just so simple. I thought it would be more complex, you know? Like well, like like multiple multiple Padawans that that got out, or even force sensitive children in general. Like he, I feel like Obi Wan would care just as much as it. I guess Leia is is special. Uh, well, it she is special, right? And she right. is potentially could be the 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 hope, not Luke or both. So there there's there is more another at stake, right? Right. Well, okay. So, man. As, as far as I can understand, uh, between the leaking, uh, like several leak sites, um, namely Making Star Wars, Bespin Bulletin, um, and what's the other one? Uh, Star Wars Newsnet. As far as I can tell, the premise of the show is Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, he's having a bad time on Tatooine. He's kind of defeated. Uh, he's given up. He's just, he's there. He's watching over Luke, but he's not even really allowed to have much interaction with Luke. Um, Owen doesn't agree with his life, his past choices or his current choices at all. He, uh, Owen hates the Jedi. He has a really bad taste in his mouth essentially because, and I don't know if this is still the case, but in old legends, um, Owen was really close with Shmi. Like Shmi was the only mother he only he ever had, and he was really close with her. And he saw her pain, um, missing Anakin all the time, and kind of blamed the Jedi for that. Right. Um, but that's not then, can, that's not canon now, though. Yeah, like, not I mean, yet. Not yet. I, nothing has. I mean, I think the way that Pablo has said it before is that unless something comes out and is like against it, then you might as well think it's canon because if there's nothing to refute it, and that's in the novelization. Yeah. Um, novelization but, of Revenge Attack of Clones. Attack oh, of Clones. okay. Yeah, well, when he goes to catch me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Obi-Wan is there, and then... Uh, while he's on Tatooine, he gets approached by another former Jedi or a Jedi. And this Jedi is on the run. He's been from the Inquisitors. Uh, he's been looking for, you know, Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, who was on the Jedi Council, the one who left the message to a trust in the Force. Uh, he finds him and Obi-Wan. And that's the that's the monologue you hear at the beginning of the sh- uh, of the trailer where he's like the war is over we lost right and so that's what he's telling nari he's like hey if you want to survive if you want to survive this stop being a jedi you know bury your lightsaber in the sand you know you're, you're done you're done being a jedi you just need to go and 
uh, do something else. And then that leads into what the Inquisitor was saying, you know, for the Jedi, the Jedi code is an itch, like mm. their compassion leaves a trail. And that's how Obi-Wan, that's one of the reasons Obi-Wan has been able to, you know, skirt detection, I think, is because he's not doing anything. He's essentially Luke in The Last Jedi, it sounds like. So Heather Heather wants to know, I want to know too, because I've been out of the loop on this shit. Who, who's the Jedi going? I guess, I think she means the actor. Who the, who's the Jedi going to be? Is it, um, is it the, um, what's his name? The Asian actor? Is it Han from uh, Fast and Furious? No, so Han is the fifth brother. Oh, okay. So Han's an Inquisitor. Han is an Inquisitor. He is the fifth brother. Okay, uh, so let me, let me pull up. Some, that's um, a girl's name. So right, I think Nari. Nari is the Nari is the Jedi. It's a boy. Oh, it's um, a boy. Yep, and it he oh, is played by. He is played by Benny Safdie. Who? Benny Safdie. Um, Mr. Softy, Mr. Softy, uh, and he actually, uh, him and his brother, I believe, are the ones that made Uncut Gems. So he, he's Jones. a director. He's Uncle a he's, he's a director. Josh and Benny Softy are directors, and they're the ones that that made Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Um, well. I have so many questions. So he's not an actor, but he just we just randomly decided to put a director of a great indie movie as a Jedi in a Star Wars show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think that he has acted before. Let me pull up his IMDb. Right I know like right. when we made Thundercat the the modder on to the mods. Like, yeah, let's just get the guy with the do rag song. Right. Why yeah. not? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um let me let me share this. I'll share you his you guys his IMDb screen. There we go. Benny Safty, there he is. So you're looking at Nari right there. Go to his IMDb. Is that a... Was He wasn't in... Um... Well, his character wasn't in Fallen Order, right? No. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so as an actor, he's been, he's going to be in The Curse and Oppenheimer. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Licorice Pizza. Who's in? Uh, I like licorice on my pizza. <laughs> yeah. Person to person, togetherness. I don't know if I've seen any of this stuff that he's been in. It. He looks like an indie director and uh, an up and coming actor. Good time. His brother. Yeast. Yeah. So let's look at his directing credits. Yeah. So uncut gems, golden versus silverman is coming out. Uh, oh, music videos, Jay-Z, Marcy Me. Yeah, a bunch of shorts and documentaries. So he's he's uh, he's an up-and-comer. Uncut Gems, did you see that? I did. It was great, I, except for the ending, which I think it's a true story, which kind of means it had to end like that. Right. So, but yeah, was Adam, it, was, Adam was awesome. Oh, is it still showing? It didn't show you guys his uh, IMDb page. No, but like the screenplay was good. The writing was good. Even the music. It was a great movie. Yeah. Um, um, so he's he's very much like, yeah, an up-and-comer. But uh, he's, he's playing Nari. And so as far as we know, he comes to, he's searching for Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
and he manages to find him. So that'll be the interesting thing is how this young Jedi, Benny Safdie, uh, does what nobody else can. He finds Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that's what leads the Inquisitors to Tatooine because they're on his trail. But... So I wonder if that connects somehow, like them being on his trail. Well, this is – so how many years away from Order 66 are we? We're 10? Uh, 10 years, yep. So Luke and Leia are 10. Yep. Okay. Luke so no, he just ran. He just ran into some shit because it's not like they've been on his tail for ten years, right? So he just, and he happens to be on Tatooine, or he goes to Tatooine for help. He goes to Tat as he he ends up on Tatooine, but it uh, it seems like from everything we're hearing from everybody that uh, Jason Bespin Bulletin, uh, Star Wars News Net, he was actively searching for Obi Wan Kenobi. The Jedi Master who left that message that, you know, because they um, yeah. recoded the transmitter at the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was searching for Obi-Wan Kenobi to try to put up a resistance again, because this guy's it sounds like this is going to be really full swing, like the Empire at its might. We've seen like we thought we saw the Empire at its height and at its might before. But I think this is really the worst because this is before even we have any kind of organized rebellion. We saw that there was an organization of sorts, a coalition of people that uh, in Rogue One, but we saw that they weren't even, they were hesitant to act. We know from the opening scroll of A New Hope that they had won their first major victory against the Empire. So that was like the first time they ever really acted on it. Um, This, at this point in the timeline, You've got the Empire at its at its height and at its might, and you've got the Inquisitors going around, bringing the strong arm of like Dark Lord Vader. Yeah, that's why they're so much more powerful now than they actually are in the OT. Yeah, because of because the Inquisitorius is at like max, maximum like, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Nari, um, and the other thing is the show. Rumor has it the show starts off. You guys want to know how the show starts off? Very first scene of the show. What would you guess? Let, let me let me ask the twenty thousand people watching us. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. they said yes. Okay. Okay. They said yes. Uh, the show starts uh, in the Jedi Temple during Order sixty six. So that that leads into uh, into Hev's question. She wanted to know: um, Do you, do we think that we're going to see any other Jedi? That survived Order 66. I think, yes, in the flashbacks will give us, like, a taste of who survived based on, like, where they're going to leave off some of that stuff. Right. Um, and, like, I'm still on the Barasofi rumor chain. I don't know if you're going to cancel. I don't know if you're going to spoil that rumor for or spoiled rumors, I guess, like, destroy that rumor for me. But I, I think that would be awesome if they find a way to bring her in that way. Um, you know? So there's there's no... There's no confirmation of that right now. Um, that Barris Afi is there. Uh, there is going to be the the show's going to start off with four Jedi uh, in the temple during Order sixty six. Two masters and two two apprentices. Um, is it Cal Cestus? So no. So we know that Cal Cal Cestus is out with his master. They're on a ship during Order sixty six. Oh, that's right. We know that already. 
Yeah, but the the so spoilers, everybody. The first scene in Obi Wan Kenobi is Order sixty six at the temple with a master, uh, two masters, and two apprentices. And the masters are said to sacrifice themselves so the apprentices can escape. Uh, one of said apprentices is a younger Nari, and he is able to escape. And then we cut to present day Tatooine, Obi Wan. Like being a schlum, like schlumming nine to five job, uh, being a uh, a debt like kind of like the equivalent of an Alaskan whaler, um, is how Jason puts it on, uh, but uh, in the desert. So it makes me think of rebels. Remember when they went to find uh, Rex and Wolf and stuff, and they were out there in the desert and they were fishing for some sort of huge desert desert like creature. Yep. I think that Obi-Wan is part of a group that does something like that. That's what I imagine. Um, And Nari is tracking him down, but he leads all the Inquisitors that are on his trail straight to Tatooine. And while they're there on Tatooine, uh, in in Anchorhead, it seems like, um, Owen happens to be in Anchorhead because him and Obi-Wan have a meetup time like, every month, every, every great once in a while for them to just kind of meet up and check base with each other, you know, touch base with each other. While Owen is there, these inquisitors are torturing people trying to get information on the Jedi that's there. And Owen actually witnesses, uh, the hands of a pedestrian getting sliced off by the inquisitor. And that's when you see, uh, that's probably like the the shot you get of the Inquisitor, like twirling his saber in front of that guy, the shot that everybody's photoshopping, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we see Owen standing up to Reva when basically she's like, you know, all you scum are hiding the Jedi. And he's going to be basically, like we talked about a moment ago, like, I hate the Jedi. You know, I hate everything that they stand for. Why do we just call her Reva? Why don't we call her like the second sister or the whatever? So her name is the third sister. Um, okay. One of the one of the rumors is that she is the other apprentice in the very first uh, scene that escapes. Oh, so she turns. So she turns, or maybe we see her get captured afterwards because we know, like uh, in Fallen Order, um, you have a master and apprentice. The master gets away, and the apprentice becomes. I'm trying to remember if anybody in. If Bill or Heather, anybody else knows uh, the name of the uh, the Inquisitor apprentice and Fallen Order, um, but yeah, she uh, she she you know they're all Jedi essentially. They were all Jedi, and they're all turned. Um, so I thought they were they, temple guard. I thought they were temple guards. I guess some, some of them, of them are. are temple guards. Bill's got nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, he yeah. crushed Fallen Order. He played it five times. Him and Eddie. Joke. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the rumor that we're going to have the two masters, two apprentices. One of them is the apprentices is Nari who gets the way away. And it seems like Reva is the other apprentice and she becomes an inquisitor. Um, and she's the third sister is her inquisitor name. Is it Seer Junda? No, that's the master. I believe. Yeah, so I'll find it from here. Um, never Heather never Trilla, played Trilla Siduri. Trilla, Trilla, that's Trilla it. Trilla yeah. Siduri, right? Sir Junda is played by the actress who's on the, who helps out 
Calcestis. Who was Trilla's master. She was Trilla's Jedi master. Right. Um, But yeah, so they uh, they track him there, and that's when Owen stands up to the Inquisitors and says, like, he hates the Jedi. And then it's after this that uh, Obi-Wan is confronted by Nari. And that's when he tells Nari, you know, like, the war's over, we've lost, da-da-da-da-da, bury your lightsaber. Or he may even take Nari's lightsaber from him. And then when you see the scene of a Reva uh, on, you know, in that uh, marketplace and she's like sliding in front of the guy and putting her lightsaber out, I believe we believe that's Nari. So it seems like he, she's going to catch up and the Inquisitors are going to catch up with Nari after he lays down his lightsaber or gives up his lightsaber. And then he's just caught basically with his pants down when the Inquisitors all catch up with him, and then he doesn't even have a weapon to fight him with. And then you can see his boots hanging in one shot in the trailer because they display him in town as an example. So we know he's dead. He dead. He dead. And then after that, Obi-Wan gets back to his cave, and Bail Organa is there waiting for him. So did, did Bail come with Nari? Nope. Now this all just kind of, you know, how just like yeah, yeah. Starts the catalyst happen. all comes at the same time. Yeah, you yeah. The force works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Um, but no. Uh, then he tells him that Leia's been taken, and that he needs him to go and save, like, save Leia essentially. And since there's all this heat on Tatooine right now, it only makes sense for Obi Wan to go and basically, if he sticks around, there's a chance that they're going to know he's there, and there's a chance that Reva, it sounds like Reva actually senses that he's there and she brings it up to the grand inquisitor, but he dismisses it. He's like, no, that guy's a ghost. Nobody will ever find him. Nobody will catch up to him. He might already be dead. Um, so yeah, he takes the opportunity to go and slave Le- or, and to save Leia. But the thing is, it sounds, you said you wish it, it was too simple. It sounds like Leia has been captured uh, Leia's whole capture is actually orchestrated by the Inquisitors. Um, so the Inquisitors paid some like uh, spice smugglers, some thieves, pirates of some sort to kidnap Leia and keep an eye on her, waiting for somebody to come and rescue her because they have strong, you know, they they highly suspect Bail Organa of still being. Uh, connected to the Jedi. And so they're, they're laying a trap for a Jedi to come so they can, you know, trace it back to bail. So that's why when you see Obi-Wan on that planet, that looks like space Reno, um, that uh, he's fighting, but he's only fighting with his blaster. And it seems like he's not going to use his lightsaber for most of this show. Let's see here, but that's uh, that's one of the major, that's the major catalyst. So he goes and he actually hooks up with another um, O'Shea Jackson's character, who's kind of a smuggler type. Um, let me share the screen here. But yeah, so it seems like he he goes and. Uh, I think it's more impactful if he only uses the saber anyway against Vader. 
Like if he's twirling that lightsaber around against Inquisitors for four episodes and then he fights Vader, it's not going to be as powerful. Right. Of a scene. So if we go to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, because you remember seeing in the trailer um, him standing in that alley and he's holding a blaster and he's on that rooftop right before all the uh, convoys fly out and he's holding a blaster. Bill, Bill says, uh, he, we're sorry, motherfucker. He says, you sorry, motherfuckers. Give me lightsabers. Listen, I one thing I love about the prequels is just uh, the aesthetics of all the sabers and the colors and the fire, the 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 fighting styles and stuff. But I just don't think that that's this type of this type of show, you know? Look, I, I think you're going to get plenty of lightsabers. You're going to get lightsabers from the Inquisitors, but I think it's going to be interesting to see Obi-Wan go and best some of these Inquisitors without a lightsaber. It's just the irony of the blaster. So you know, we, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that. And he, but that's desperate measures, right? Like, What's more desperate, a desperate situation for an Obi-Wan Kenobi to have to survive by the way of the blaster? Right. Well, he just can't risk. Um, yeah, I get called out. And then you, he's got a he's got a fob on him in like a minute. In a yeah, so, oh. so it seems like when Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to Dayu, um, he meets up with O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is some sort of smuggler. And... Uh, so when he rescues Leia, he hands Leia off to O'Shea Jackson, and then he deals with the Inquisitor threat. So this is our uh, swashbuckling. This is our Han Solo. Yeah, essentially. this is our this is our smuggler, our pirate. Um, and then when should have been fucking Wada. I should have been. Uh, uh, wow, I was gonna say Wada. Imagine, <laughs> come on, little princess. Yeah, we need a Twidarian. Yeah, we need the Twidarian. Take the girl. He just yeah, hands the little girl. The races. Just flutters no, away. No, they should have just did fucking. Who's my favorite pirate? Come on, what's his name? God, my Hondo Naka. Yeah, they should have just did Hondo. Yeah, I it mean, been you... so much better. I mean, I guess like they don't want to. It's not like Star Wars can come off cheesy when it's for like, especially when it's aimed at children and the demographic, and they get it and we don't, but. Yep. I just feel like Hondo would kind of identify or like relate with everybody because he's so funny. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think Hondo would be cool, and they already have like a basically a live action version of him at Disney Plus or at Disney Plus at no, they got uh, that, Disney World. Yeah, they have that animatronic that apparently looks so real you can't tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. Heather wants to see Hondo in live action. Everybody wants to see fucking Hondo. Hondo Onaka, like he's great. He's and he he's so bad, not so bad. He he's like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like even when he does bad shit, and then he apologizes after. He's like a sour patch kid, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, they are they're scared of bringing in people like that for some reason um, to make it seem like too small of a galaxy. I think, but. Man. If you've got a character that fits, right? Like that's how we got Saw Gerrera in live action, right? Because they were like, okay, we need some sort of an extremist um, that's going to be heading up this uh, this other type of uh, you know uh, branch off of the rebellion. Um, yeah, and they're like, oh well, we have a character. 
that uh, that would work for that. We have Sagrera from the Clone Wars. Perfectly plucked, right? Right. Like right. the extremist. Somehow I'm like hearing my. I just don't know if we need an. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I just Josh. I just don't know if we need another smuggler like like archetype like like to fill the archetype again. There's right. enough, there's enough still alive that we love that we want screen time with. Yeah, Heather so. says kind of like an anti-hero. Oh, Hondo totally is. 100%. Yeah, I think she's talking. Well, she could be talking about O'Shea. So, Heather, are you talking about O'Shea, um, or are you talking about? Uh, are you talking about Hondo Naka? But yeah, so so here's the thing. Like we know that. So they save Leia, um, and then at some point. I think that so they go back. Well, O'Shea is connected to this. Uh, they're calling it like an underground railroad um, type of thing that uh, that O'Shea is part of. So uh, he's going to be just like Han Solo, right? Like at first, he's going to seem like slimy and like, all right, he's just kind of a guy who's out for uh, his own good, you know, for the biggest buck, yeah. uh, make a name for himself like like Solo. But he's actually has this connection to an underground railroad. And it seems like this underground railroad might be for force sensitive children. So these are going to be children that would have been picked up by the Jedi, but now aren't So like the only people that are after them are also the inquisitors. Mm. And uh, so we're, we're, we're going to have that. That's the, uh, the force kin that uh, was being talked about on the show earlier today on makingstarwars.net. Yeah, thank um, thank you for the, uh, the the name drop today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, no. That was, uh, so if you call him the Force Kin and you've got Vader that's coming after him um, to try to forcefully cut away this Force Kin, um, all I said was, you know, wouldn't would that be make Vader a, a what? How do you say a molar? I think, which is in Judaism, that is the uh, the person who you know performs the circumcision. So it makes sense, right? Bill Force Kin, <laughs> Force Kin. Bill has two Force Kins. I think. <laughs> he has he has two Force Kins. He has a. Female foreskin and a male foreskin. Oh, oh, okay. Now what I thought. Yeah. You so, so, uh, so Heather meant uh, Hondo before, but, but, you know, she she has another point that you know, and like O'Shea, all these smuggler characters are all kind of antihero. Like they fill that role. Right. Um. I just don't know if we need another smuggler in this, but I guess you need a smuggler when you're being hunted and you got to get off world. I guess. You're got to get a prisoner off world. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it seems like uh, once they go and are with uh, these four sensitive children, Vader catches up with them. And so we have, we have two fights with Vader in the series. The first fight with Vader uh, it seems to be like around around this time with this underground railroad type of kids and uh, Obi-Wan and Vader battle. And uh, rumor has it that so Obi-Wan doesn't have his lightsaber, right? He probably he doesn't have it on him. Probably he didn't bring it with him. Um, he probably leaves it in the hut. Right. Well, he doesn't even have a hut, my friend. Oh, he lives in a cave. Yet. 
he lives he, in a, he's literally a cave dweller. He didn't have enough for first and last months yet. He's saving it up by going sand whaling or whatever the fuck he's doing out there. He's he's trying to save up first and last months. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Plus the plus the the uh, the security deposit, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Drugs. Um, he's got to save the spice. The guy who owns the place is a spice addict. He's got yeah. To what, first and last months. What's the guy's name from Rebels? The the uh, Devarian or whatever that uh, they work for. Um, that's Dude, that, I, that, that, I have no idea. That's probably his. Uh, that's probably his landlord. But uh, yeah, so he meets up with Vader. He doesn't have his lightsaber. So in Episode Three, we had Anakin versus Obi Wan, and we had two blue lightsabers. It's sounding like in this one, Obi Wan is going to take one of the Inquisitors' lightsabers that he's already beaten, and it's going to be red and red. Red. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And in this first battle, Obi-Wan is going to get his butt handed to him by Vader. Yeah, well, he doesn't have his own saber. He's already at a disadvantage. Doesn't have a saber. He is not in tune with the Force, right? Because before he leaves Tatooine, he attempts to reach out to Qui-Gon and nothing. Crickets. Um, he's not in tune with the Living Force. He, can, he has not been able to uh, continue his training. Uh, because he is just beaten and broken, just you know, uh, he's not in the right the right place. Um, and uh, rumor has it that uh, Obi Wan is going to be a man on fire, and that Vader is going to get some revenge on him by setting Obi Wan on fire during this first battle. Like literally, literally, like bur- and he's going to be badly burned. Oh, so he's getting him back, like literally all around. Yeah, like all around. Um, it's crazy, and I wonder if he does it from if he does it from the high ground. That's so. That's got to dude. Come if into he it, bur- right? if he does it from the high ground, I mean, I'll lose my shit. <laughs> yeah. So Obi Wan gets bested, and I think left for dead by Vader. Um, but we know that Princess Leia gets taken again. So they get her away, and then they take her again. And this is when she gets taken to the fortress inquisitorious and it's that it's o'shea jackson uh his character and potentially some of the surviving uh four sensitive children come and may heal obi-wan come on and put him in uh well get ready for it not force heal though so that's a rumor that's going around. So the uh, the first rumor that can't do, can't do that. Can't. Well, people were trying to say that uh, they thought that Leia force healed him, and I'm like, no, 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 that makes no sense. Leia does not know. She says she like it's obvious. Everybody says when they hear this that knows anything Star Wars. Like uh, she says in Return of the Jedi, you know, this is a power that I don't understand. I can never have. Um, but no, I think that they. Maybe even it's just O'Shea Jackson Jr. because we're hearing that we're gonna get that once we're we're gonna get to see what we all wanted to see in the unrated version of Revenge of the Sith. Um, Robot Chicken was the only one to touch it with the uh, the daisies that or the sunflower the uh, the sunflowers. You remember do you remember that from uh, Robot Chicken? Dude, I watched some of those over and over again so many times, especially when Palpatine orders his lunch. Uh, the sunflowers. I mean, every robot chicken skit with with 
Star Wars, the Palpatine ones are the best. I mean, I, I don't know which one you're talking about. I don't remember. The no, no. I have no idea. Can we play it? Or no, we'll get copyrighted. Will we get copyrighted? Do you think we'll get copyrighted? Well, I mean, we're we're not maybe. monetizing this right. So so I can't I don't really. But tell me, because I I don't I don't rec recall for some reason that one. Let me see. Let's see here. Let's see if I can share it. Share Chrome tab. Here we go. The Jedi Temple. Do what must be done. Master Skywalker, what's going on? Uh, all of you line up, oldest to youngest. What for, sir? Um, a treat. Um, uh, everyone just uh, uh, close your eyes real tight and put your fingers in your ears, no peeking. Mr. Skywalker, can my treat just be a hug? You can do this, Anakin. Just, just go to your happy place. Oh, oh remember the fields of Naboo. Where you fell in love. The sunflowers. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, nature. I feel alive. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, I'm so in love. Ah, yeah. Where are you going? Come here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. I left you some fresh-cut sunflowers on the dining table. Oh, Annie, that's <laughs> so sweet of you to... <laughs> I forgot that one. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh. God, it's so genius when they did that. I'm going to end this once. Nope. Nope, you're not. Um, it, so it sounds oh, like uh, we might get... What, you're going to watch the heads roll? You can't watch the heads roll. We're not going to watch that. So it's unclear how much they'll actually show us, but this show is going darker. We're already getting something that the sequel trilogy wouldn't even get a, give us, which is getting some hands cut off. Like we Dude, don't even get it's almost like off. it's almost like all the memes from Revenge of the Sith that became like mainstream memes, like they're playing on. Yeah, like the burn rematch, the the, the younglings. It's like they're taking everything that people can't stop talking about 20, like 15 years later and they're just kind of, yeah, adding to it. And this is essentially what people wanted to, I think what a lot of people that were disappointed in the prequel trilogy that wanted more Vader and more Obi-Wan. Like they wanted Anakin to be a grown man in episode one to start turning to the dark side, have turned to the dark side at episode two. And then episode three was, you know, Anakin versus the Jedi or Darth Vader versus Obi-Wan and the Jedi. Mm. That's what we're getting in this. So we're getting to have our cake and eat it too at this point. So yeah, I think that they're going to capitalize on this. So how dark, probably a lot of it will be implied. I'm guessing maybe there'll be a couple of older kids that we're going to see try to stand up to Vader. And um, he's going to pull like... Uh, like in Rebels, you know, like uh, when Ezra's like, I'm not afraid of you and stuff. And then he's like, well, then you will die braver than most or something like that, you know. What I loved about the end of Revenge of the Sith with Vader's turn was Wraith Vader on Mustafar. Yeah. Where he was like a, like a ghost almost. with cloak. Right. Like he had the cloak on, he had the, the hood on. And literally one-handed, 
like like goofy style with the saber just wrecking the the separatists at the table um but to see him do like that in the temple yeah on like on like padawans and like teen padawans who are like let's say calcass this age right like that would be well this isn't even going to be the t- this is going to be this is just the force sensitives that O'Shea Jackson is sheltering there right 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 so this is full vader but there is a separate um there is a separate uh rumor going around that we're going to get um a nightfall operation nightfall flashback from anakin's point of view from darth vader's point of view which would be just that so operation nightfall was when he stormed the temple Mm. so we might get more from anakin's point of view having stormed the temple but uh Yes, yeah, so Obi-Wan's going to get saved by O'Shea Jackson. Um, and w- after he after he gets saved, so we have the opportunity to maybe get our favorite thing, which is a, a flashbacta. So it lines, flashbacta. Up, it lines up that Obi-Wan's going to be healing, probably in Bacta. And it's at this point that he's going to have a flashback to a time sometime after episode two when it was... Him what's with Andrew. the back? What's with the back then? The and like in the flashback, like what? So is it? Is there like some type of like uh, hallucinogen? Is there some fucking spice in the in the back to goop? That, I think. Uh, like, why do you you relive your? I'm thinking know. maybe you can attribute it to like hypnosis. Like you're in a very deep, almost like you're you're close to almost like being sedated, right? And you're very relaxed. So I think it might just be. Uh, uh, conducive for like searching out, you know, deep memories. Like you're, you're able to dive back into, you're not present in the present. So yeah, I just hope they don't retreat keep... to is the past. I don't, I, I don't hope do that with every fucking show. Like I hope they time. don't, I hope they don't, but it, it just lines up that it's around this time after he gets all burnt up and he has to go heal that he then is forced to reflect. Um, and he he thinks back, and this is where we're going to get a de-aged Obi Wan and a de-aged Anakin around the time between episodes two and three, sometime probably closer to two, and they're they're in the dojo at the uh, Jedi Temple, and they're training, their lightsaber sparring, and they uh, they're pointing out each other's each other's flaws and where each they're stronger. What do we got here? Double click to update. Yeah, so Bill says it's like being in a sensory deprivation chamber that can get pretty trippy sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. I I would think you'd use the back to trick though for the uh, the force communication between the two of them because I feel right. like you could have a lot of back and forth through the meditation communication thingy. Right, right. right. Like you've got you've got Nub Vader with like his uh, his robotic limbs removed and his little uh, healing thingy in his yep. little castle and yeah. uh that's where he communicates with obi when obi's healing from those burns that would be uh and maybe they do right i mean we we only know so much well we know that we're gonna see um we're gonna see anakin put back together um so he's gonna go from dub vader to darth vader I think it would be cool to see him sitting in his meditation chamber, just him, right? Like no limbs, 
Like this is literally what he's been reduced to. Um, if you're going to dive deep into the psyche of these two broken former heroes, then that's a good way to do it. Like you're seeing Obi-Wan and he's not as outwardly scarred. He's, he's inwardly scarred, but you're going to get, uh, you're going to get Anakin who's very visibly outwardly scarred. And I think maybe we'll get more from his point of view. Um, Bill asks, James Earl Jones still voicing Vader. So that is something that is unconfirmed. Um, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Do you want him to? Well, okay. Heather, do you guys want him to? No, there's a few things. A few things. James lives in Westchester about, I'd say, 30 to 40 miles from my house in his estate. His whole basement is a soundstage and a sound studio. He basically phones it in. It takes him, you know, a day and a half. They'll tell him to, like, re-edit the audio, like, you know, redo it, redo the lines. And he'll send in, like, 30, 40 different versions of each line. Um, And he's been doing that for years for them. He's been doing it uh, pre-Rebels, I'm saying, since since Disney purchased Lucasfilm, I'm talking about. Like, from 2012. He's been honing that shit in. And I know this because... The guy who made my orthotics for my shoes goes to James Earl's estate and makes his orthotics for him and like it customized in, in his estate with James in the room. And it, he's like very vocal about showing this guy around the studio and like telling him like, oh, yeah, I work for, you know, for Star Wars. I send stuff for video games. I send extra stuff all the time. I mean, he doesn't really leave his house. He doesn't have to. He has everything he possibly needs, as you can imagine. But for them not to get that voice when I know he's accessible and he's home, yeah, he's kind of retired. But for the Vader voice, it just takes him going down to the damn basement and recording a few lines. I think he's going to do it. $20 says yes. So here's the complaint. So Heather and Bill both say that, yes, they want him to come back and play Vader. Bill says yes. I want him to play Vader, but he's getting up there in years. Um, And Mikey, you pretty much hit the nail on the head inadvertently and said what a lot of people's uh, fears are kind of that he is phoning it in like he's and like Bill said, he's getting up there in years. And one of the common complaints that you'll hear out there is in 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 uh, Rogue One, even though it's younger Vader, right? you can tell like he just does not have the gravitas that he had when he was, you know, when he was like 40 years, like 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, you I can thought Rogue tell. One was pretty, I thought Rogue One was pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, thought it was pretty good. It didn't bother me until somebody pointed it out. But Rebels you, was Rebels was good, but that was a while ago now, but I thought Rebels was good. Rebels was pretty good, but it's also Rebels is like, here's okay so here's what i think they're going to do okay i think that they're going to use that um the like voice deep fake technology that they use for luke where they can just take you know all plug in all the old audio and ai fills it in and so you still have james come and do the lines but Mm. then you have like Yeah, you have like the deep fake come in and enhances it. And 
it, it's already sound it's already going to sound like it's coming through you know a machine so you don't have to worry about like you know it's sounding a little bit mechanical i think it's the i think it is the perfect use of that technology so that way you get james earl jones back you get him doing it you get his inflections um but you also with the ai it can kind of amp up the gravitas amp right. up the delivery the gravitas of it yeah Listen, and, and and you know what? Even if they he does phone it in and they decide not to use it, they have that deep fake technology now to kind of make it, you know, on board. On board. Yeah. Bill Beck says he's on board. He's on all board. on board for that. Um Yeah, so I think I think that's what we're gonna get um for the Vader stuff. I really I really hope that we see I hope that we I hope they use Hayden Christensen to his full extent. So there's been a lot of stuff going on and uh, being thrown out lately about how uh, Darth Maul was supposed to be in the show or in the movie. um, And they ended up scrapping Darth Maul and they decided to bring Invader. And that's uh, from everybody in the know that I know of. uh, That's um, nonsense. That was never the case. Vader was always involved. Um, Darth Maul was never involved. You've got to look at who's in charge at Lucasfilm. You got to look at when all this stuff was being, you know, done. Uh, Filoni has been there and they've been using, uh, Darth Maul. And he knew, cause you know, when they create these, uh, animated shows, they've already essentially got a season in the can before we even see the first season. Um, they're so, they work so far ahead that uh and and him coming in on solo that wasn't anything that was planned that was just something that worked out nice because they just threw that in there they well, act- ron, ron howard had a list of villains to exactly pop up at the end yep and he went with darth maul because he's like that's the most intimidating presence in all of those movies from uh the prequel era and yep. it, it, it kind of and then filoni and, and crew were like yeah this actually ties in to what up. we were do what we were doing in clone wars it, and we can tie that in it fits nicely yeah. So it doesn't make it wouldn't make sense, right? Like the more and more I think about it and the more and more I think about Maul's demise on Tatooine, it would kill Gravitas uh-huh, uh in that scene for me. It would. Right. And and uh it just yeah, and and some other somebody else, I forget who it was, they had a really good opinion on it and saying that like well, you know, Obi doesn't really want to run into the crimson dawn like he they're probably going the opposite direction of of the syndicates right and like organized crime it's like this is more so less about that area and more so about the inquisitorious invader going after the force sensitive kids and stuff right yeah and so like they said like oh we decided to bring vader in that's what we decided to bring vader in i think what it is is wires getting crossed um that it's not when they decided to bring Vader in then. I think what it really is, is that's when they decided to bring Hayden in. Mm. Because we had Hayden, or we had Vader, right, in Rogue One. We even saw Anakin, but that was just a mock-up. They just used it from old molds. Yeah. Um, I think what happened is, along, you know, somewhere along the line, when they brought and Deborah Chow and everybody that uh, that's when they decided to bring in Hayden Christensen to it. Um, 
and really start utilizing him again. So, yeah, so I'm hoping that, you know, since they've decided to bring Hayden in and since uh, we know that we're going to get at least one flashback, it's rumored that we're going to get Nightfall as another flashback, um, that we really start to get into that psyche of Anakin Skywalker at this point. Uh, and so, yeah, so they have a victory and they take they take uh, Leia back. To, they take her to Nur. Um, Obi-Wan at this point, that's when he starts to get his groove back. Okay. That's, uh, when, you know, he, he's, he starts focusing back on like all the old lessons he's taught Anakin. And when he has this, this, uh, flashback vision of when they were training and pointing out each other's weaknesses, he finds something in there where he's like, ah, that's it. I got him. I'm going to do that again. And so this is when Obi-Wan actually goes, either to Mustafar or to Nur and breaks Leia out a second time. And it's here. I believe that uh, this is where we get the big final battle uh, between Vader and Obi-Wan. And, uh, and I think this is where you tie in the lines from the original trilogy. This is where, and I think, the main way that he's going to get under Vader's skin is he's going to be saying like, you know, Padme's last words were, they're still good in you, but you're mm-hmm. more machine now than man. Yeah. That's going to drive him off the fucking edge instead of bringing him back to the light. That's going <laughs> to, that's going to, well, because just from the, the headspace that I see him in, in the other medias, like the comics and stuff, the more he reflects on those lines of, of, his family trying to pull him back the more in despair he goes like it yeah. does the it does the opposite effect yeah and i think that's what's going to happen it's going to with and like with a lot of parents you know when they're trying to set you on the right course and they're trying mm-hmm. to scare you straight or whatever really all yeah they're does. nagging they're nagging makes me want to go out and smoke some some reefer <laughs> more some reefer yeah, so you know Obi Wan. Uh, even though you're first to him as a brother, he's acting more like a dad now than ever, right? And I think that it's uh, his uh, his parenting his parenting skills or lack of parenting skills that are going to push him back over the edge again. But it's going to trip him up, and uh, we're going to get we're going to get the helmet split open. We're going to get a little bit of we're going to get to see through the veil, see Anakin in there. Yeah, he's got to have those contacts in. He's got to have that. No eyebrows. He's got to have that uh, with yellow eyes, right? Like a yellow, reddish. Whatever he, had in, whatever he had in Sith. Those were great. And like oh. Jason, had, Jason had a really good point today because I was like, were well, they just going to rehash that shit um, from Rebels, from the Ahsoka fight on Malachor? And Rob was like, well... Yeah, to you and I, it's rehash. But like to the rest of the world, and, and rest of the world being not people who've seen Rebels, which is like the the hardcore, I guess. Right. Besides kids, you know, who were who were watching, uh, you know, Rebels on what was it Cartoon Network? Um, so it's going to be new, right? And it's live action, so That's I wouldn't mind scene. seeing that. And it's Hayden Christensen. It's not um, was it James Arnold? No, it's not James Arnold Taylor. Who? who um... Matt Lanter, yeah. Matt Lanter, That's yeah. It. So you know, I'm I'm psyched for that. Like, but then the voice, like, do you do Hayden's voice on top of James's voice? 
I think you do. You do the Vader voice on on top of, you know what I mean? I think, like, how I think, do you do that? I think we do. I think that's what we're going to see. That's awesome. Or here. Yeah, um, it'd be really cool to hear the both the both the voices on top of one another. Yeah, because that's what we got in Rebels. And like, yeah, like and the like metaphor, Josh, Josh, the metaphor of both of those voices on top of one another. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's heavy. It's... Why is everything so heavy in the eighties? The future. <laughs> is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull? Right. <laughs> this is my listen, man. This is my second live podcast today. Um, and 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 we're already an hour in, so I'm starting to get happy, wacky, wacky, pappy. And that that's the so that's another thing that came out right. Um, Christopher Lloyd. I don't know if we talked about that on the podcast yet. Christopher Lloyd no. is coming to Mandalorian season three. He comes everywhere. He comes all over Nar, Nur. He comes on Nur. Christopher Lloyd comes on Nur and he goes, it's so heavy. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, probably safe bet. He's going to be a crusty old Mandalorian. Um, I heard he was uh, replacing Gina Carano as Tara Dune. I saw that. I saw that too. Yeah, Yeah, I think that'd be good. He identifies as a rebel shock trooper, drop trooper. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, uh, you know, she's going in deep cover for something. And it's just yeah, Christopher Lloyd now. I want to hear, hear Bill's opinion. I think he's listening. Bill, are you excited uh, for the, the half Vader mask uh, after Obi-Wan probably slashes it? And we see we see uh, Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen, and then we've got Vader. Maybe we get the double voiceover. I think there's a delay, so we'll probably have to give him like 30 seconds to respond. Yeah, and like we were saying though, right? Like, uh, and I think I messaged you when you guys were talking about that. I think that they use the books and the television, especially the books and the comics, as kind of a litmus test um, to see how people respond to these ideas. And then if it's good, they can throw it on. You know, they can put it in the mainstream on the uh, the live action stuff. Yeah, you, you know, and and. Again, you know, I, I said the same thing that uh, that Bill is saying here. Do we want to see it right? For the mainstream audience, they haven't seen it. And, and the first time the majority of people will see that and future generations will see it will probably be here first. Uh, like, not not to say that there won't be people who've seen Rebels before this. Right. Um, but I think if it's done right the the impact that it will make you're not gonna you're not gonna care that you've seen this in something similar in rebels you're not gonna care because it's uh it's gonna be really powerful if it's if it's done right right they can fuck it up i mean they could fuck it up where it's like no eyebrows hayden christensen kind of just doesn't look you know in his 40s doesn't really look right i don't know Uh, he's gonna be in so much makeup though just jacked up looking yeah um He's gonna look like Christopher Lloyd under there. Well, yeah, it's it's what's well, actually Christopher Lloyd's face, deep fake on top of Hayden Christensen to look like, to look like uh, Sebastian Stan, not Sebastian Stan. What the hell? Sebastian was Shaw. Sebastian Shaw. God, these names. The Sebastian. Rolodex in front of me. The, the Sebastians. Sebastians. <laughs> They're everywhere. You know, uh, the funny thing is, uh, I was joking around when the DVDs came out um, for the original trilogy, right? And, you know, so I was like telling my buddies, I was like, just think of it. 
you're Sebastian Shaw's like great grandson. You're a huge Star Wars fan. You're excited. You hurry out. You rush out. You buy the DVDs. You, you're watching Return of the Jedi. You're like, ah, I get to see great grandpa in in crisp, you know, DVD 4K. quality. Oh, not 4K. You know, so like, DVD is like 480. Yeah, 480. Right? Yeah. So crisper than ever before, you know, all excited. And it gets to the end. And it's freaking Hayden Christensen. So ah. they, they take off grandpa's beautiful, big caterpillar eyebrows. And, and then at the end, when you, when you get them all, all prettied up, yeah, they put this, uh, this pretty, this, you know, pretty boy in there to replace him. I'd be fucking tweaked, dude. <laughs> I go down to that sand something Valley over there with that. I take that Yoda statue right off the fountain, throw it <laughs> through a fucking window with a brick, with a note, you know, <laughs> Give me back, the Grandpa. Note, the note says I'm peeing in your gas tank right now. For my, this is for my grandpa. This is yeah. So I, I think that, like Bill, Bill saying, yeah, do we want to see it twice? Like my buddies, um, they haven't even watched Rebels. They're big Star Wars fans. They started this podcast with me. They've not seen Rebels. So, I mean, it's even, so you've got the like hardcore Star Wars fans, you know, so there's the, the general audience, a lot of people like Star Wars, but then you like split that down. You got the hardcore Star Wars fans, like a quarter, and then you take out of those hardcore Star Wars fans, you've got like, you know, so maybe it's like an eighth of people that are going to watch this. If that, that have even, you know, are going to have even seen rebels and are going to care about that. And that's why I think that it's, uh, they can repeat these things again. They were getting the same complaint with Reva. Reva's whole storyline is a sounds like Reva might make a turn. She might do a heel turn at the end of this. She might uh, recognize the error of her ways, uh, kind of like Trilla in Fallen Order. So people are saying, "Are we just getting a rehash of Trilla?" It, it's an inquis- but again, it's even less than that with the video games, right? So yeah, and in ten years. 15 years um people are still going to be consuming obi-wan kenobi right they're not going to be people are not going to be going back and playing fallen order in 15 years i mean not it'd be a very small pool of people doing that right not everybody's like us and goes and gets like emulators of star wars galaxies and plays it 20 years later on that note though uh, uh I won't digress too much, but you hire that great actor to play this Jedi for a CGI video game, and you know they 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 release. I mean, the timing to release his lightsaber at at uh, Galaxy's Edge, the whole thing, and then the publicity stunt with him making his own saber at uh, what the hell is it? What's wrong with me today? Galaxy's Edge. No, I know, but the the guy's place, the the Savi's. Savi's workshop. Um, I don't know, man. Not only that, I feel, I feel like you've got to get live action Cal Sesta soon. If not in this show, it's coming. It's all over like, the place, right? They've sprinkled. It they seeded the shit out of it. And you know what else? We got the, the trailer, droid and Boba Fett. Yeah, that the droid and Boba Fett. The the trailer for the second game is coming at. Correct me if I'm wrong. At celebration. Yep. It's that's another rumor. I think I'm jumping ahead, but but you know we can go back to that. But I mean, I feel like he would be perfect 
to have a cameo, at least a cameo in this show. Or maybe at the end of Obi-Wan, that Jabba's Palace scene that we got at the end of Mando Season 2. Yep. Maybe that's what you do. I don't know. I I think it, it's a good it's a good guess. So fall there's so much of Fallen Order taking place right now. So Fallen Order takes place around 14 BBY, five years after the end of the Clone Wars. So about four or five years before this. And like I said, you got the like you're saying, Mikey, you're laying it out. You know, they've got they've got him coming and making his uh, Cal Kestis actor coming and making his lightsaber. Uh, they just had the Cal Kestis droid pop up in Boba Fett, that same type of droid. So we know they've got that that made right. Um, also, Mike, you didn't finish Fallen Order, but the whole thing about that game is what? He's searching for this holocron. He's getting this holocron back that uh, shows the locations of all the foreskin. The foreskin, of, yeah. The foreskin. Of, of all the force sensitive youth that would be Jedi. Yeah, that was. And then uh, what happens in Obi Wan? Somebody right. has gathered all these force sensitive children. Now, maybe hold on. it's Cal himself. Oh, maybe he's the end MacGuffin. Maybe for... he, maybe he's in it. Maybe so, it's mentioned. I hate to bring the comics into this, but if you read the Vader comics, the first one of the first goals, the objectives the Emperor gives Vader in the Vader run after Revenge of the Sith is like, go back to the Jedi Temple and get the bunch of these relics that we need. One of these relics is a holocron with four sensitive children. Jocasta knew. The librarian grandma, she fucking has that shit. And she yep. gets she somehow gets it away from him before before meeting her demise. Yep. That's the that's the the the, the MacGuffin in the Fallen Order game. I believe it's the same holocron. Yes. Right. So that plays into this too, so that ties in really a lot of shit, which I think is cool. I like that. And then you yeah. cow. So that makes sense. Yeah, and then not only that, you've got um, so the the O'Shea Jackson's character, right? He's working with this underground railroad, and that was what we started. That was what was being talked about earlier today, too. Was uh, it sounds like O'Shea Jackson's character is um, somehow connected to the Partisans, which is Saw Guerrera's group. Um, and this is, this would be, so we have the opportunity to bring in Cal Kestis with these young Jedi, and we have the opportunity to bring in Saw Gerrera, and at this time period, he would even have a young, um, I believe he would even have a young uh, Jen Erso with him. So those are all possibilities that could be, if we don't see it, it could be implied that that that's what's going on, right? Yeah. And yeah, that's uh Obi-Wan in a nutshell, essentially. So I, I Dude, this I, show is gonna be the best thing since Revenge of the Sith for me, I think. I'm oh, putting man. money on that now. And listen, quote me on that because we can re you know, revisit this, but I, I feel like for me personally 
because I think every Star Wars fan is entitled to their own opinion and their and it's different for all of us. For me, I think this is going to be the 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 big one. You know, for, listen, Force Awakens was big. Episode Seven build up was big, but um, I think this is going to be my shit because Revenge yeah. of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie. It's it's surpassed. It took a long time, but it surpassed Empire and, and Jedi for me. It's my favorite. So even with its flaws. So anyway, I'm psyched. What the hell are we looking at Weird Al for? What is happening? So another thing that has broken is um, Weird Al Yankovic uh, has come out and said, so you remember Detours, the show that we're never going to get? Yeah, uh, well, I thought they were putting Detours on Disney+. Plus. <sighs> That's been... People keep saying they want them to, but they've never said that they're going to. They've that's locked away. I doubt we'll ever see it. I could have sworn I heard that they were. Gonna, I think they thought about doing it and then they backtracked because that was queued up at some point. It's all done. It's just sitting yeah. there, done. But it's come out lately that uh, it just came out that Weird Al recorded songs for the show where uh, he was a singing for LOM. In the series, he voiced for LOM. Okay. Okay. Do we? Are we going to listen to this? No, no. But um, it, it also just leaked that, uh, according to Star Wars Newsnet last week, for LOM is in the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Here's my prediction, because what do these guys in the Filoniverse like to do? They like to bring in comedians. And like yeah. obs- obscure, you know, and, and yes. like you said with the uh, the, the okay, other guy, well, I mean, even Boba the actor, Boba Fett guy, even the actor who plays K two S O is somewhat of a comedian. Like as an, he's a really funny actor, right? And then what's and the it, mod guy? Oh, Thundercat, Thundercat, right? So yeah. we're 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 hearing that four LOM is going to be and Kenobi, uh, and now it just breaks that Weird Al was going to voice him. $20. Weird Al is going to be voicing uh, for LOM and Kenobi. Bill's very excited uh, about Weird Al. And I knew he was going to be when, when you brought this up, actually. <laughs> love me some Weird Al. So, very cool. Love Weird Al. Met him. Have a photo with him. Oh, really? I'll send that to you. You're going to put it up right now. Um, my only thing is Weird Al can get a little too weird, right? Like, he's, he's not the easy, like, it's his, from what I know and what I've read about him and heard over the years, he is his own creative genius, but when he works with others, he doesn't work with others very well. Right. Um, so, I don't know, just food for thought, but it could be really awesome, right? Right. Let me, let me find this photo. Yeah, it could Go be. Go on with the chlorophyll. <laughs> it could be, uh, and they'll rein him in, you know, they'll get the, um they'll get the performance out of him that they want. And it's a, it's a droid character. Um, so like K2S or whatever, I, I think it would be cool. It'd be a cool little thing. It, it kind of like, we finally got Billy D Williams to be two face in, uh, in the Batman Lego movie. Yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, if, if weird Al was part of this man, what 15, 20 years ago and did this and he's like, Oh, I'm going to get my chance in star Wars. And then that was ripped away from him. Um, this could be their way of being like, oh, here you go. We'll throw you a bone. You can come in. I mean, talk about a comedian who loves Star Wars so much, never had the chance to be in it, making albums, making music videos, making extra parodies, animated claymation, 
I mean, he's done it since uh, pre-prequel, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I think that uh, there's a good chance that we're going to see, we're going to we're gonna hear Weird Al as 4LOM. Probably not going to be a huge part, but uh, I'm going to say he's probably going to be on Dayu somewhere. Uh, maybe he's even, uh, he might even be involved somehow with holding Princess Leia the first time. Ah. Uh, would be interesting. But uh, yeah, so that that broke today. Um, yeah, there's a. Uh, I'm still the... looking for this weird out picture. Oh, there it is! I found it. You're gonna love this. Send it to you right now. Send it on uh, Messenger. Uh, yeah, I'll send it on Messenger. That works. Yeah, I can pull it right up. I'm gonna put it in the guys because he should be here. So he'll have to he'll have to view me with. A skinny, young, beautiful money bags. Justin, uh, Justin Boots Gray, you know him? Yeah, I talked to him on uh, Pop Culture Hour page a lot. I think he's big. an old uh, Rogue One guy, too. Yep, big Weird Al fan. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Now, there's more Weird Al Star Wars. There's more Weird Al Star Wars songs than I thought there was because I went to a comic book store once and they had, they were playing like a marathon and there's music videos to all of these like Vader, maybe later. And and it's Anakin guy. Like there's that one, but there's like other ones. There's a cantina one of Jabba's palace. There's like one of like the main star Wars theme. He's got all these songs. It's unbelievable. You know, I'm going to have to, uh, yeah. I mean, if you, I'm sure they're all on YouTube. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah, did you appreciate the picture? You didn't say anything about it. I do appreciate like the picture. It. I do appreciate that picture. He was very nice. He was so, very nice to me. He said I was extremely orange. I was tanning at the time. <laughs> I was so in, you, uh, yeah, I was in like my Guido phase back then. Oh, there you go, GTL. A yeah. little bit, a little bit. Yeah, that. Uh, were you? Uh... Yeah, I was showing uh, somebody a picture of you, and then they were going back to. They're like, "Is that really him?" Oh, it was Count Dookie. He was like, uh, "Is that photoshopped?" It was like a picture of you at the gym, and I'm like, "I don't think so." Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, I was uh, I was a different person back then, man. You know, I mean, it's like you know, you look at athletes, and like when they retire, they just get fat and married and become a dad. Basically, me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you've got the final checkbox coming. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, that just broke exclusive old school bounty hunter to make an appearance on Obi Wan Kenobi from Star Wars Newsnet, and then we get this news from. uh, It's just like the Cal Kestis stuff, right? It's like the Fallen Order stuff. There's so much Fallen Order stuff, and then this drops at the exact same time. Basically, I'm like, "Uh." I don't know about this one, dude. I, I I don't I don't think this has legs. For me, I don't know. You don't think that's... Get it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Weird Al could be at Star Wars Celebration. He could be. I mean, well, what, what old school bounty? Like, we don't need any more Boba. We don't need it's any LOM. more... It's 4 LOM. That's oh, what that's we're talking what about is. here. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's Sorry. 4 LOM. That drops. That this old school <laughs> bounty hunter 4 LOM is going to be on there. And then, <sighs> and then we hear that just by happenstance, 4 LOM is uh was going to be voiced by weird al so there's 4lom for all you guys who don't know who 4lom is 
Yeah, he's so bizarre. He's a protocol droid body with like an alien cyborg head. So I'll tell you what I always thought of uh, Forlan when I was younger was uh, I thought that he was probably like uh, kind of like Back to the Future kind of guy. You know, they opened up the guys, the dead guy's head. There's just a little alien in there. Oh, you mean Men in Black? No. What I say? Uh, you said Back to the Future. Yeah, Men in Black. I meant Men in yeah. Black. Yeah, there's a little uh, Mieber Gascon is actually yeah. up in a in a Mieber Gascon's up there in the insect head. And he's controlling this dude. Yeah, so I, I think it'd be cool that, uh, yeah, it's cool to get him. You know, he's a blink and you miss you guy. Uh, I wonder if we're going to get Zuckus, if we're getting Forlam, or we're going to get Zuckus, because they're always kind of. So these guys scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, Josh, right? Like when I saw Empire, I saw these guys. I was like, those guys, I don't, you do not fuck with those guys. It's almost like when you watch that Masters, that 1987 Masters of the Universe and you see like Beastman and Skeletor and you're like, those are the scariest motherfuckers I've ever seen. If yeah. you got Weird Al doing this guy's voice, it's going to kind of take away a lot of the mystery and the fear that this guy brought to the screen. But bro, you know, I don't think so. I know because... you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying, but Taika Waititi talks for IG-11. Yeah, but it doesn't sound like him. Exactly. Like, I mean, I guess so, if it doesn't sound like Weird Al, it just sounds like he's doing a character. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, think of all the characters that Weird Al's played and all of his music videos. Like, he's just going to play another character. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think that the timing is too perfect for it not to be Weird Al voicing him in this. But it's going to be funny if we get Forlam and or Zuckus and any of these other like bounty hunter crew that we all thought for sure was going to show up on, you know, the the Star Wars show with the titular character being, you know, Boba Fett, yeah. who was introduced mm-hmm. to us in line with these people. And then we get it in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show instead. Yeah, yeah. Hold the fast one. <laughs> That would be pretty funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like I was saying, it'd be funny if uh, maybe we'll get that that at Celebration. Maybe uh, maybe they'll they'll announce they'll announce that Weird Al will be there. And uh, I finally getting his moment in the sun. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. Speaking of Celebration. Um I wonder if we're going to get any anything else besides uh, this this Fallen Order trailer that everyone's kind of mentioning that we're, you know, going to get. Yeah, so we we just got a few guests, some of the first guests um, for autographing and photo ops. We got Anthony Daniels, of course, Ashley Eckstein in the Emperor himself, Ian McDiarmid. Um, then we've got Doug Chang. Steve Sansweet, some featured guests, and then stage hosts. We got Amy Ratcliffe and Dan Zare from Coffee with Kenobi. So, uh, that I'm seeing seeing this trend. You know what's going to happen in like five years? It's going to be uh, stage host Michael Pappas. They don't want me. They don't want me up there. I'm 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 <laughs> the op- I'm the absolute opposite of what they want up there. I'd be I'd be like a good parody, you know? Right. Put me on there with uh, Seth Green. Me and Seth Green just making fun of everybody uh, for it's politically correct enough at the time because you know every couple of years, who the hell knows what's politically correct? But um, anyway, I like the uh, the lineup here. Yeah, but, but it, more importantly, who do we have uh, for autographs and, and pictures? Who do we got? 
So far, that's what we got. That's what we got. So we no Billy D. No Billy D. Yeah, huh. like these are just their first ones, and they always sprinkle it. You know, they're always like, "Oh, we're gonna get so and so," you know, and then it they sprinkle it out. They like to spread it out. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I, I don't know if Billy D will be there or not. Where's Billy D live anymore? I'm not sure. Um, oh, he's he's in Palm Springs. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's not doing much. Um, but you know, I'm sure we'll get. Uh, my thing is, uh, so last celebration. Uh, Casey, Sean, and I were supposed to have a photo op with Daniel Logan and Tamara Morrison. And Tamara had to leave to go do something. Mm. Um, and pretty sure that later turned out to be Book of Boba Fett. So I was theorizing back then. But uh, so I'm hoping Tamara will be there again this year and we get that that uh, that photo op. That'd be cool. Yeah. Daniel Logan, probably. Too. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, celebration, um, definitely on now, uh, me and my buddy, Sean just got our tickets, uh, purchased and got our hotel purchased for out there. We're like, it's like a 10 minute, we're a 10 minute walk from the convention center. If I come, I get Casey's wife's ticket just for Saturday, right? He said it. I'm holding him to it. You can, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, you could have all, you could have all of it if you wanted. He said, he's, he's awesome. Um, I really appreciate that though. That'd be nice. I, I got to sleep on someone's floor. I was going to sleep on a Raj's floor. I could sleep on uh two me two med two's floor or I could, I could crash with you guys, whether you like it or not. I'll just bang on the door. Yeah. You can or, come uh, sleep with us. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Or I go to Bill's house. Bill's a little far. I, I think I'd, I'd like to go to Bill's house. His wife may throw me out. I may have to sleep <laughs> in the backyard or, or sleep at the pool. Uh, where the crazy guy used to live. There used to be a crazy guy who lived by the pool. He used to yell at the kids. Really? He got arrested. Yeah. Bills? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy, I think it was last summer. No, it was two summers ago. Maybe it was last summer. This guy would, uh, I don't know if he was a Nazi or if he was something. Or the yeah. al- he believed in aliens. He was, I don't know, he was throwing shit out his window. This guy okay. was nuts. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. Bill's listening. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sounds like you could might be able to fit right in there. Yeah, Bill said, "Fuck that guy." So maybe I'd sleep by the pool, Bill. You know, because <laughs> that guy's not there anymore. But I think I'm gonna come out. Um, Jenny's been cool because you know the kid's not. You know, we're we're due um, to have our our baby in like end of June, so she's kind of letting me do my thing, right? Um, because she knows I'm not gonna be able to do shit this summer or after. Ever right. again, so yeah, yeah, get in where you can. Um, like I said, you know, you can always just uh FaceTime, you know, that's not fun. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> I'm gonna be there. Let's talk about this book. I talked about this book today. This book's pretty cool. I hope, I hope Heather's listening. She, she like reads books. I don't know who the fuck reads books anymore. She reads books. I don't read this, books, I listen this to books. Book's pretty cool. So I'll just and I know you're gonna run. You're gonna run point Go on this, of course. But no. So when they in Rise of Skywalker, when they're chasing the Wayfinder, like the whole thing didn't make sense to me in the theater. I was so confused. Land Lando's there. He's in some hut that's being carried during a festival. He's just there, and and they're they're they track this Wayfinder device to this planet. 
And then Lando says in the movie, Lando says in the movie, he's like, oh, well, Luke and I, you know, went looking for it. We never found it. But five minutes later, Ray somehow finds it. But uh, this book is, I think this book is about that line. Mm -hmm. Like that one line from Rise of Skywalker that Lando drops about Luke and him Mm -hmm. on on an escapade. That's what this is. So exciting for that. Right, right. Yeah, so it's called Star Wars Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. Um, Let's see. They release an excerpt from it here. Is this... This whole thing is the excerpt. Oh man, there's a lot of it. Yeah, we read it today. Jason got through it in like a couple minutes. I mean, if yeah, I know he kind of he said he there was a lot, and he skipped around. So here we go. He says, uh, "So it sounds like Luke is on Tython. He's at the same place where Baby Yoda was doing his little uh, force call meditation thing." He says, uh, "There was a bang, more like a thunderclap, and everything went black. The breeze dropped. The air still and warm." Luke took a breath and could taste dry dust on his tongue, and then he realized he wasn't sitting on the seeing stone anymore. Tython was gone. He looked around. He was standing now on black dirt, hard, packed, cracked, coated with dust that swirled in eddies around his boots. He looked up. The world was black and dry, the sky dark and filled with rolling black clouds, lit by constant flashes of lightning that shorted shorted directly down into the ground. If it was day or night, Luke couldn't tell. The place was both light and dark at the same time. The vast flat plain of black stone lit evenly from the sun, or a sun that wasn't there. Luke took another breath, the taste getting stronger in his mouth. Already his eyes were drying out. The atmosphere, the ground, the whole place, so old, so desiccated. He knew immediately where he was. He had been here many times recently. This nightmare landscape of his visions. Oh, so he's going to have more visions of this place. Anakin style. Only now he knew its name. This was Exegol, the hidden world of of Sith, only whispered about in ancient texts. A place reachable only with a wayfinder. And by meditation, Luke took a step forward, finding the ground solid and most definitely real under his feet. He walked a small and slow circle, eyes at the horizon, lightning flash, light lightning the farther reaches of the plane reveal lighting the farther reaches of the plane revealing it to be a featureless and dead the same place as his visions yes but this felt different this felt real could he have been transported had he done it could he get back to tython then he spun ducking instinctively as something brushed past the hood of his robe strong enough to shift the heavy fabric over his shoulder. There was nobody behind him. He turned the circle again. He was alone on the plane, the air perfectly still, caustic sour taste growing ever stronger in his mouth. Uh, He looked up, turning slowly to see all around him. There was no place to hide, no rocks, no buildings, nothing Luke could see from the horizon to an empty horizon. Uh, Lightning flashed, and then he saw it. Just for an instant, as it was lit up by the electrical storm, a figure a fair distance away, perhaps 100 meters, and then it was gone before Luke could register it, any features or form at all. And then Luke was surrounded. They were tall, thin, nine of them, nothing more than wraiths, nothing more than shadows, tall, thin ghosts. Their bodies curved and arced in a new wind that had picked up, a wind that gusted across the black plain, changing direction constantly. 
Luke braced himself because these weren't ghosts or shadows or wraiths. They were very real. With each flash of lightning and the dark sky above, the wraiths were lit as solid three-dimensional figures, black, robed, bandaged, faced. How did I get here and how do I get back? And then the wraiths moving in unison as though some unseen, unheard communication had passed among them, reached into their robes that were in one instant eddies of ash and then in the next flash of lightning, a heavy woven black textile and pulled out lightsabers of their own. The wraiths lifted their lightsabers and activated them. Luke didn't so much hear their ignition as he felt it inside. The familiar sound somehow high-pitched and distant, a half-forgotten memory, rather than an actual physical sensation. It was what the wraiths had been waiting for. They rushed at him in silence, their robes of shadow ash disintegrating in the wind as they moved, their whole bodies becoming insubstantial, particulate matter that blew away in the breeze. And then the lightning flash and Luke was surrounded by nine very real, very solid black clad figures swinging lightsabers of blinding impossible light. Driven by instinct, guided by a connection to the Force, Luke parried the first blows with his lightsaber, connecting with his enemies with a familiar high-energy splash, but with the lightning flashing along with the nine black-white blades of his enemies, Luke soon found that he was effectively fighting blind. His vision, nothing but purple spots and red smears. But the rays were nothing. Luke couldn't sense them with the Force at all. So yeah, this this goes on a little bit. It goes on. I'm trying uh, basically, to get to the rates continued. Yeah, go ahead. There it that. is. Um, standing between himself and the rates was another figure, a man in flowing pale robes. His back to Luke, his head hidden under a voluminous hood. The entire figure glowed like soft electricity, bright in this world of endless night. When the lightning flashed, Luke could see the nine solid wraiths through the form of the man who stood between them and their quarry. Luke's mind raced as he tried to identify the spirit of the force who had arrived to protect him. Ben? No, it wasn't Ben. The robe, the man's form was. The spectral being lifted his lightsaber, holding it high above his head, the blade parallel to the ground. For the first time, the wraiths seemed to take note of their enemy. They backed away, nine forms huddling together, blades lowered. They were screaming from their blank bandaged faces. Although Luke wasn't sure whether it was real sound or just an echo inside his head, it was hard to concentrate on what he was seeing. The way the force reverberated around the figure in blue, his entire vision seemed to buckle around him. The raids continued to back away, and then they vanished, their shadow shapes evaporating into dust that spun away on the last eddy of the dying wind. He sure likes that eddy. Word. For a moment, all was still. Then the blue figure turned around, his lightsaber extinguished. Luke pushed himself up to his elbows and he blinked. It couldn't be. It couldn't be. The blue figure lifted his hood back to reveal the strong, sharp face of a young man, his gaze intense beneath a furrowed brow that was bisected by a straight vertical scar. His thick hair was shoulder length and he had slight a slight wave to it. Anakin Skywalker reached out his hand. Luke took it. And everything went white. You did a good job uh, skipping through the the detailed dialogue that was somewhat repetitive um, to get to the the gravy. 
So I'm going to synopsis. Uh, Luke goes to Tython, where baby Grogu calls out to Luke in the first place. Um, this is obviously after that. Luke goes there to commune with the Force to make a connection. He he Force projects, or he Force apparition projects himself and winds up in Exegol. I right. think it's I think it's a projection. It could just be a vision and him playing out what would happen if he was in that spot at that time based on the entities surrounding that location from Dark Force Energy. The nine wraiths that are flying around, I think it's his interpretation of those nine entities thus thus being. They had lightsabers. So it I, I don't I don't know if those are just dark side. Because mm. the dark side doesn't get ghosts. They don't get an afterlife. They get fucked. But but they they are able to like inhabit a place. I, well, we saw we saw Bane show up in Clone Wars during Yoda's own trial, right? So so those nine sabers could be a few things in my mind. It could just be um, the 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 energy of of nine generations of Sith, right? That right. Palpatine is stirring in order to conjure his soul to stay alive in the physical manifestation. It could be not lightsabers, but actual just the way that his vision is interpreting the Knights of Ren, who are there. We know they're there. That you know they're. I think this is a little too early for that. I don't know on mm. timing. I yeah. think it's. It wouldn't be Ben's knights. It would be Ren's knights. Right. Right. But he already. But that. The timing is weird, but but this is this has got to be before he trains Ben and he takes Ben on that adventure where he takes on the knights. So I don't know if it's the knights. It could just be dark side fucking wraiths like floating around. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Luke, Luke is force projecting himself from the Tython spot to Exegol. That's when he finds out really that Exegol's really there, even though he says, "I've been here many times before in my visions." So this is him just coming to the realization that this is really a place that, and there's some shit happening here. We got to find this wayfinder. The Anakin Skywalker thing, reaching out and kind of, I, I don't know. That's where it ends. Josh, what's your take? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think that it almost, especially like using the word wraith um, and making it almost like spectral. Um, them like coming in and out. Uh, it kind of reminds me, uh, it, it's invoking when you use that language too, uh, like Lord of the Rings. It's making me think of when they're at the top of that watchtower on, in Fellowship of the Ring, when Frodo puts the ring on for the first time, all the wraiths are around him and yeah. you can see them in their spiritual form. Uh, and we, I mean, we know, like you said, they can't become forced ghosts per se, um, where they're, where they're, um, like totally, uh, in charge of their, uh, their being and where they go, like Ben shows up and appears to Luke where he needs them, Dagobah or over the Death Star. Well, they're allowed to haunt. I think right. that's, the, so and like, they come, they can manifest, the spirit, the spirit can manifest in, in the physical form through, um, the curse, the curse of an object. So like I I see you pulled up Moments helmet that the the Mustafarian guard takes gets like possessed by right yeah yeah so Darth uh, the Darth Moment he was uh, he was a Sith Lord and we we were introduced to his helmet I think in the Lando comic first when they had the heist on Palpatine's ship 
Um, and then he possessed a couple of the guys on there. And then uh, he was the one who was possessing the different Imperials. And he was an architect. And he's the one who made Vader's castle, which was uh, designed to hone the dark side. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's very possible that uh, there might be some long dead Sith Lords that basically are are there or even if they're like uh, acolytes that died in the service of protecting this place on Exegol. And that's just like that is their lot. That's what they do for eternity now. Yeah, I think Palpatine is warlocking some brew. He's brewing some of that like dark side magic yep. um, to kind of manifest their their presence, which somehow in his sick, you know, concoctions of dark side shit uh, is helping him in some way. And it's probably the dark, the energy, right? Like the, the power of the dark side there. I mean, he's conjuring shit, the chanting with the acolytes. I mean, it all kind of metaphors to like a witch's brew, you know, it, it, it yeah. reminds me of the witches of Dathomir a little bit. Because I remember in the Clone Wars, we had some type of wraiths flying around somewhere. And I, I think of Dathomir because of all that magic, right? Yep. Yeah, and I think that, uh, I mean, you never see a Jedi or anything ever call down lightning from the sky like Yoda does on Octo. I think Yoda was touching uh, that, that hot key ability he's not supposed to touch, but he can do it because he's a cheat code. He's got access well, to cheat codes, you know. I think that being on Acto is like that is a force nexus. That is a place that's very powerful, and that's why Jedi set up camp there. That is the birthplace of the Jedi Order, right? So it's gonna be very have a very strong connection to the Force, and maybe you can do some stuff there that you wouldn't be able to do normally. Um, and Exegol is the other side of that coin. It is a sacred place for the Sith. And so it is a nexus of dark side energy. So I think that the Sith are going to be able to do things there that they normally wouldn't be able to do either. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see. So it's pointing out that Luke's already been having visions. And we know the Skywalkers uh, are big on their visions. Um, but the big thing that everybody's on about is Anakin showing up and saving Luke here. And I mean... That's what I wanted to see in the sequel trilogy. That's what I wanted to see in episode nine. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out. And like we talked about earlier, um, they use this stuff, the books, the comics and stuff as like a litmus test for what they're going to do in live action. We already know that Hayden Christensen is in the Ahsoka series. I think that's where we're going to get a lot of our flashbacks to clone wars. Uh, and I think that we're going to have a lot of live, act, like a lot of ghost Anakin in that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I want to see a live action Luke talking to Anakin, man. I want to see that. Here, here's the thing, though, that this book kind of just took that moment yeah, from us. live action. Well, did it? Unless. They took. You could say that Rebels took the moment where you split open Vader's helmet from well, live action, but yeah. Well, unless the, the the book doesn't continue to the next paragraph or the next sentence, it could be the next line could be the last time Luke communicated with the Force Ghost of his father was 
Right. That could be the next line. So, and I think you'll get that 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 moment of Anakin Force Ghost Anakin being such a big thing with Ahsoka before with his son. Yeah. Because um, they there's a there's a conversation, you know, when when she's battling him on Malachor, it's not really Anakin anymore. So this will be the first time that. Uh, that's a cool so, book. That's a cool cover. This will yeah. be the first time that um, that Ahsoka really talks to Anakin since the end of uh, Clone Wars season six. Right. No, five. Wasn't seven. Five. 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 Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, seven. Yeah. Se oh, yeah, they do talk in seven. Right. That's right. Gives her the lightsabers. That's right. Yep. Um. I'm trying to find in this. I can't believe how like, recent that was. That was recent. Yeah, yeah, that was just like what a year ago. Two, I think. Was it two? I think so. I'm trying to find in this book. I have the Secrets of the Jedi book, and in it somewhere, they have. It's all from Luke. Scott. Have you have you read this book, Mikey? No, I'd love it's to all, though. Actually, it looks great. It's all from Luke Skywalker's point of view. Um, and it talks about in here somewhere the force ghosts. Um, and there's a line. Here we go. Spirits. After Obi-Wan Kenobi fell in battle against my father, I was afraid I'd never see him again. Little did I know he would return to watch over me as a force spirit. Hold on a second. Let me take a picture of this and send it to myself. Um, there we go. At first, I only heard Obi-Wan's voice in my head, but I later discovered that he can manifest fully uh, in a physical world. In time, I would discover that not all Jedi have the power to transcend death. It requires special training that Obi-Wan's master, Qui-Gon Jinn, received from an ancient force priestess. That knowledge was passed down to a select few, including Obi-Wan, Yoda, and my father. Their spirits guided me for many... Their spirits guided me for many years, but vanished when I shut myself off from the force. So he says their spirits. He lists Obi-Wan, Yoda. Let's see. Yeah, so it sounds like Obi-Wan and Yoda, their spirits guided me from the Force. So, yeah, he doesn't mention Anakin in here, does he? Well, he puts Anakin in here. They left it open-ended. Yeah, so you know, they, they left they it. Probably, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it says that uh, he was in contact with these spirits uh, for years, and they guided him for years. So that's what I want to see. It. I want to. I want to oh. see the uh, the force. The force council. The well, force. Hold on a second. Hold on. We got to think about this in a more simplistic way. At the end of Return of the Jedi, he already sees his father. Right. So what? What's to say? Like right after that, um, I mean, Shattered Empire. Shattered Empire comics aside, because I know we got some immediate after ROTJ. But what's to say that Luke didn't communicate with his father? Like literally right around there at the end of Return of the Jedi. So the first time he sees his dad when he's visioning himself on Exegol and seeing what's going on there, it could just be his his dad that he talks to all the time, pulling him out of there, telling him get you can't, don't don't project over here because this is bad shit. Yeah. So 
This, uh, I mean, this doesn't even mention Anakin at all. They have Anakin in the picture, which shows you off. But I, I just think it, it's not a big deal that Luke communicates with Anakin. Like that doesn't need to be this big surprise that we're waiting for. Here's the big deal he's... with it. Here's the here's 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 the breaker in it, and I think that they're gonna that that's what this book is going to do. Um, this book is going to have to tie up this loose end in the comics. Vader has been to Exegol. He's well aware of Exegol. In this, this just happened, by the way. This was January's book, I think. Right. Um, so Vader's been to Exegol. He's aware of Exegol. Maybe he doesn't know everything that's going on there, but you would think if, and it was his wayfinder, right? We talked. We talked about this. Why wouldn't Anakin tell his son about Exegol? Well, maybe that's it. Maybe this book. This is it. Then they have the conversation afterwards, right? Yeah, I get. I mean, it's and then maybe he's like, maybe he's like, I'm gonna do more harm than good if I go find it and I physically go there with Lando. More bad shit's gonna happen. I should just leave it there because it kind of sounds like in the unknown regions it could be lost on its own. Like it could just be stuck there. Like yeah. it, like going after the wayfinder could be a catalyst of destruction. And we do know from like uh, from a certain point of view. Um, when Obi-Wan dies, it kind of, it, it makes it seem like, so when Qui-Gon's talking to Obi-Wan and then when Obi-Wan dies and we get from his point of view, him like becoming a force ghost, they kind of can already see into the future mm. and it kind of Dr. Strange style, right? So he might be like, uh, I can't tell you this because if I do tell you this, this is going to happen and maybe it's going to lead to you being brash and trying to go out there and confront him and you're not the one that needs to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to, Anakin knows that he's going to, his boy's going to pull a Skywalker Mm. and go out there and uh, try to be the one to, you know, stand up to the Emperor with uh, the laser sword and he's not up to it. It's got to be, it's got to be a Palpatine to take down a Palpatine. Right, right. It, it, fire with fire. Yes, and Anakin's not allowed. He's not able to because it breaks the laws. He's yeah. not able to tell him that information. He's not yeah, able. We, to, he's not able to tell him the future, right? And that's the future. He's we know not, there's rules. There's there is rules. You know, you know, maybe a lightning bolt on Oct two isn't one of them, but there are rules. And I well, think the, the 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 getting to the border that cannot be crossed is just Anakin. Like, it's kind of like. We're sitting at a poker table together, and like you're you already folded, right? right? And me and T are sitting there against each other. And you're not gonna fucking spill the beans on T's cards, but you're also gonna look away from me way more often, way right, way less often than you normally would, right? Right? Yeah. So it's kind of like a a hint. Anakin's giving him a little hint that you need to stay away from here because you're not the you're not the chosen one in this. St- in this time right now, with this, it's not you. You're you were the chosen one to save me, and I was the chosen one to take down the devil. Right. Initially, initially, to put him in his place. You took right. him. You put him in a in his peg. And so, see, that's how uh, we've talked about my uh, my 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 roach cut edit, um, which and, is going to get which is going to get longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in it. 
I have Anakin playing a bigger role for Rey in uh, the sequel trilogy. So when she touches the lightsaber, it is him reaching out to her. And instead of hearing Obi-Wan, mostly, you hear Anakin. Um, in the novelization of The Force Awakens, she hears some voices like reaching out to her while she's fighting Ben. And there's like a good voice and there's a bad voice. So the good voice is Anakin and the bad voice my, is, is Palpatine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the uh, episode nine, the way I have it is um, basically Anakin is telling her like, look, uh, he's taken everything from you like he took everything from me. Um, and you need to, you know, I called to you for two reasons, uh, to save my son, bring my son back to the light, redeem him as he redeemed me and to, uh, finish what I started, destroy Palpatine and take up my mantle, take up my lightsaber and bring balance to the force. And so I think that, you know, spiritually Ray is, uh, Anakin's successor. Mm-hmm. So that fits so much better. Yeah, and I mean, it's just a couple of lines that could have been if they just showed Anakin's spirit, or you know, just I don't know. Well, he there was a cut, right? He did that, the cut. They didn't use it. That's the rumor. Is that all those uh, the majority of those ghosts that they like Qui Gon Liam Neeson? The rumor is he was there. He shot stuff as as Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. Um, Hayden Christensen shot stuff as Hayden Christensen and they, they, they pulled back on it for some reason. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see that someday. Uh, I really want the, uh, like the making star Wars, uh, um, JW Rinsler who, uh, who's passed away now. But, uh, if you've ever read that book, that's all about the making of revenge of the Sith. He did it for one, two and three and just goes into like all the minutia, like, all the little rabbit trails that they went down and George almost did this and he shot this, 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 and then he decided not to, you know, um, I want that for the force awakens, the last Jedi and rise of Skywalker, but it's so there's so much stuff with Trevorrow and him getting kicked out. And yeah, it, it's going to be a couple of years. I think it's going to happen. Um, I think that, that they'll al- allow all the directors from the, the, the era, the Disney era to, do their director's cut. I look if you think so. Well, well yeah, I do because Straight to Disney Plus. No, because it's very Star Wars for, for that. George George says the movies will never be finished. Here's, here's the thing to, though. And 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 Star Wars is really the the um the mantra for independent filmmaking at its best. And and like his whole ethics around filmmaking is an art. And and how you can constantly work on your piece of art. You can always go back to it, and, right. and that's that's Star Wars. It's always been. That's why we got special editions. And even after the special editions, there were minor tweaks made to the DVDs in 2005 that weren't even talked about. And then the the, the Blu-ray release in 2011 had more tweaks. And then the the Disney releases have other tweaks. I mean, the movies are clunky five or six times, dude. And if you don't think they're going to be tweaked again, you're crazy. So why does why do only those three movies get tweaked consistently? Besides besides, Fan, besides Phantom Menace with Yoda's puppet, 
and a few other minor things, I think, in the other two films. Very small. Um, you, I think you just go, you keep ha- staying up with that mindset for Star Wars movies. I think, I think Lucasfilm is already aware of that. And people are already talking about a uh, 10-year anniversary of um, coming up for, for Rogue One. You know, Force yeah. Awakens hasn't been talked about, but, you know, we've got, we're four years away from that. The 2016. I don't know. I think that if George was still in control, we would have done it. It was very much a George thing to keep fiddling with things. I think most other directors are 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 happy with what they put out. Um, a lot of directors will say like, "Oh, where's the director's cut of this, this, and this?" And I'm pretty sure JJ has been on. That's why he doesn't even release deleted scenes for a lot of his movies because he's like, "Look, the cut you got is the director's cut. That's my cut. That's and he is one that makes his movies in the uh, he puts them together." in the editing room and he puts out what he wants. Uh, it seemed like Ryan got pretty much creative control. He did what he wanted to like I, I, what, what I'd like to see is Colin Trevorrow, but we will never see that. Yeah. I, we're not going to see that. Um, and, and you're right about all of this, but I, I think that the option will be there. No, I, no I think the option will be there on when the anniversaries come around. I, I would, probably place my chips away from JJ and away from Ryan and, and away from uh, Ron Howard patching, patching up patch up job, which was, I thought was great. I, th- I don't think that they're those types to do that. And also with the project that was in front of them. Rogue one though, we could get a director. Yeah. So with Gareth, with Gareth, I think that there's a possibility and you also have to remember the Scarif, the, the, the um, uh, planet side, part of the battle was more drawn out. There was an additional route that our heroes were going to take to get to, um, to get to their goal and and that whole thing. Vader was supposed to be playing aside at one point. Vader Uh, was on the beach. Vader was on the beach. Like literally originally Vader killed them all. Well, there's that, but I don't, I don't know if Vader killed them all. I don't know if he'll go there. That that yeah. was crazy because he stormed the beach. Like Vader stormed the beach. Remember, he was coming yeah. out of the water. The concept art. So they should have. They need to pull the trigger. They need to stop pulling punches. Give yeah. us that Vader. Like we got a hint of it, but he just knocked down a bunch of pawns. Like you know, a bunch of red shirts to put it in Star Wars lingo. Essentially, I love that hallway scene though. I don't think he changed that. I mean, it's iconic now, but dude. To me. Imagine if that was all the main characters. Yeah, well, listen, there's still a, a younger demographic in the audience. You're going to get emotionally attached to those characters, and you do. I thought it was really well-directed and well-acted. Probably one of the best of the new films we've gotten in the past decade. And, like, I, I think they made the decision to to not do that because you don't want a 12-year-old girl being like, oh, my God, Darth Vader just cut Generous's head off and never want to see Darth Vader ever again. You know, and leave the theater crying instead of, you know, the bittersweet happiness that we left the theater with. Like, well, you could have yeah, had, yeah. had Jin and Diego Luna, Jin and uh, Cassie Andor still have their little thing on the beach. But like the Vader, Vader could have taken out K2SO and Andor, maybe. Maybe just Andor, K2, or maybe even Churret and Baze. Baze, maybe those, those four. And uh, like, what Ahmed, was the, pilot, the pilot's name? Uh, Bodhi uh, Rook. Bodhi so Rook. Cody Rook, we get taken out. Yeah, I mean, um, you could have taken out all those guys, and it would have been. Yeah, well, at least Cheer it wouldn't have seen it coming. 
Well, the JJ, and then back to, you know, I digress. Excuse me. But the JJ thing with Rise of Skywalker. If if there was one sequel trilogy film, numerical episodic film that, that gets that gets changed a little bit throughout over time, I think that's the one that you'd see. I yeah. mean, just off, you got to listen to the fans too, man. Yeah. I mean. But I think that they'll retcon stuff. And I think that uh, there's a future for Daisy. There's a future for Ray, Finn, and Poe. There's going to be. There's going to be more Star Wars. There's always going to be more Star Wars. They're going to continue their I think at the end, and I said it, I said it three, four years ago. I said at the end of this decade, you will get either, I don't know if it's a show or you get 10, 11, 12, but you'll get those characters back. It's a and it's because that a decade's almost a new generation, right? It's a generational. It's a generational thing. Yep. Yep. That's. I mean, so and they'll um, pass the torch. Yeah, and maybe they can make a show to fill in some of that. Like you can wait a few years, but once you start to figure out where you want your next trilogy to go or your next set of movies, don't even make it a trilogy anymore. Okay, trilogies are gone. There's no trilogies. There's no such thing as a trilogy anymore. Honestly, the only it, trilogy there is is Back to the Future trilogy. Everything else that's is it. A, everything, everything else is a that's it. Saga. A saga uh, now. A I think I think this is a great episode. I think we're gonna call it shortly. Like like I'm running it now. Excuse me, Josh. But I'll say this: when they pass the torch, remember what Finn was trying to tell Ray in Rise of Skywalker and he never got to really tell her. I love you. No, they changed it. That he was force that he was force sensitive, right? Right. And I mean so, look at the Star Wars look at the Lego holiday special. Yeah, it's not canon. It's not canon, but yes. He's training. She's training him. I think I think Ray and Finn's offspring Rin. Are yeah, I think Rin Skywalker. Hey. Ooh, fat. I think Rin Skywalker is where we will see the twenty the twenty thirties of Star Wars, where where you know would really be taking our kids to the th- hopefully a theater. I hope I don't know. We'll be or, taking would them be, to the. Uh, we putting on VR headsets and the like augmented the reality. Together. Yeah, you're, you're, we'll yeah. we'll be in the theater together. Uh, you know, eight hundred and fifty two miles away, like we are now. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well. Uh, Bill, Heather, everybody else that's watching, um, thank you for coming and joining us for our uh, our first live stream show. Well, our, our second live stream show, but we've we worked out a lot of the kinks. Our first successful live stream show. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we can uh, spread the word. We can get to some more people to come on and interact with us. We we love hearing from you guys. Um, and. I want to do, we've been talking about this for a while again. I want to do uh, one of the next episodes, maybe when we we, uh, we can give everybody a little bit more time. We can get on a set schedule to be doing these live streams, um, recording the episodes, but uh, do a hypothetical episode um, and get input from the listeners. Yeah, let's do that. And you know what we haven't done? I haven't posted the live link when we're live on a PCH page and stuff because I feel like we we're kind of just guinea pigging it right now, which is cool. Yep. So next time, uh, yeah, I'll freshen up for you guys. I, and I won't be on, I won't be on my fifth extra large Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee after coming off my first making Star Wars appearance. 
today on a Friday and a full day of work that I played hooky for most of. So not a full day of work. A partial a partial day taking full day's credit worth of work. Man, I'd had I had a full day of work today and my second trip to the chiropractor. Oof. Keep at that. Yeah, for some people it's just consistency. Maybe in a couple of weeks you'll feel a big difference. I felt better. I felt better the day after. So yesterday. So three the day before yesterday was my first one. And it didn't seem to do much for me then. Um, but then uh like last night today, I definitely felt a difference. And then I felt more of an immediate difference after my second trip today. So Yeah. Yeah, Bill, my Dunkin' Donuts is like literally three minutes by car so i'll do that or I'll, I'll be really really lazy and i'll spend the extra four bucks and i'll uh have it door dashed because i'm a go. DoorDash annual member so i don't pay the service charge see i just pay the, just pay the tip i'm out here in the country man yeah you can't do that can't do see new york city here. you do shit like this you door dash dunkin donuts to your house just for one coffee well, it's like, really sick. Like, talk about first world fucking privilege and problems. Like, well, where T lives, T does that kind of stuff just like on the side for a little bit of extra cash. Um, because he's just going to college now. He does well, he does like the Uber Eats, Grubhub, uh, Grubhub stuff. Uh, he goes shopping for people, he goes to the shop, you know, and does all the shopping no. for him and stuff. Like, but uh, so like where he lives in town, which is only like 30 minutes away from me, like you can do that, but where I'm at, just pff, nothing. Yeah, I have a better chance of uh, if I wanted if I wanted something I could like call my neighbor who I literally have a dairy farm next to me. I, I could maybe get like a warm glass of milk, like fresh milk or something. Luke Skywalker, it maybe sometime do that for an episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah put a little uh, Nestle Quick Blue in there. Remember, there remember that they had the blue one. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> so, well, Bill, thanks for Bill. Thanks for hanging out with us. I bet you he put uh he put Eddie and V to sleep while he was listening to us somehow with his AirPods in. His wife probably telling him he needs to do the laundry and do four other errands. He's probably doing dishes right now while he's listening to us. And uh, Heather joined us tonight, which was awesome, on, on chat. And we're going to do this live, right? Every week we're doing live now? Every week. We'll do it live. Doing live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. We're in. We're in it now. That's it. It's over. We're in it it's to over. win it. That's it. <laughs> Right, I gotta guys. go. To, I gotta go to sleep, dude. I, I think I'm. I've been delirious for the past hour and a half. So the first half hour you had me, I was somewhat normal, but kind of lost my shit. Oh, yeah, rebels, rebels in rebels on Dathomir. Heather sent me a picture of the Night Sisters. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I love that shit. I wish yeah. they would do more shit like that, like the dark side magic. There you go. Someday we'll get. Uh, what we'll do is we'll get an avatar for Heather. To come on yeah um and then she could just like type whatever she wants it to say and then it'll, it'll just deliver it just get oh like uh yeah like a robot thing like yeah an emoji yeah, yeah like yeah. an emoji yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i mean bill's done yeah. stuff with that before he can probably help help us hook that up for it yeah well bill's gonna put up and he'll be his uh handle before skin yeah. all right guys uh, follow us across all social media pages at the Talking Sith, Talking Sith Podcast. Uh, and uh, we'll try and uh, reach out across those social media pages and give you guys more of a uh, an idea of when we're going to live stream for the next cast um, until we get more of a regular schedule. All right, guys. Till next time. Good.
Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it.